Thanks for tuning in to the enhanced media portion of the Jobber News Executive Outlook Report. This is your publisher, Peter Bowler, joined by the head editor, Adam Malik. Hey, Adam, how's it going? Uh, it's going all right, Peter. How are you? Good, thanks. So let's dive right in. We obviously had a very substantial, inclusive report generated by a lot of industry leaders. So tell me kind of the overall trends, the things you keep seeing pop up. Yeah, we asked to highlight three different areas. How is business going to change this year? Uh, what are the challenges? And of course, what are the opportunities for the year ahead? And it was very similar in the way they, they were thinking. Not they were repeating themselves, but you know the same themes kind of kept popping up where they'd be talking about labor shortages, supply chain challenges, digitization, figuring out ways to cope with the changes that are coming up for this year. Um, I think it's probably J.F. Champagne, the AIA president, who used the word turbulence. Uh, that's probably a good way to look at the year ahead. Mark Wazinski, our jobber of the year, used words like volatile, unpredictable. So they're all well aware that business is going to change. Uh, they're just maybe a little concerned of how uh, it's going to change, how much it's going to change. I think it's a pretty same a challenge for jobbers, the supply chain. And we can get more into those specific challenges in a moment, but you know, I think uncertainty is certainly uh, a theme that was spread throughout what everybody was talking about looking, looking ahead. And these are kind of themes that we've been visiting on Shameless Plug, our audio podcast, Auto Service World Conversations. And another thing that I picked up that you may have missed out on was people kept referring to inflation, which yes. of course is tied to supply chain issues, the cost of raw materials going up, park scarcity. Let's dive into what all this means. So these are the issues that are being presented. What does the supply chain as it relates to the automotive aftermarket have to do to keep up? What are some possible solutions that our interviewees are suggesting? When it comes to solutions, I think, I don't think they were presenting actual solutions, but more in terms of we need to start coming up with real solutions now because this stuff isn't going to go, go away after a while. Bill Hemby, for example, of the Auto Care Association talked about thinking outside the box. How can we develop more partnerships? Josh Gordon from uh, Spectra Premium talked a bit about nearshoring. That might be a strategy some companies are employing where instead of having their products being built overseas or made overseas and then shipped over, uh, now they're going to move to have their products made closer to home. I remember reading Josh's portion there, and he said something that was really, really intriguing to me, which was that North American manufacturing is on the cusp of a rebirth. And that's something that I haven't really heard too much about before. But I think he has yeah. an excellent point. Yeah, it's something that's been hinted at over the last, uh, especially the last quarter of last year. A lot of uh, experts were saying this might be a real option for companies to look at. And Josh might be the first manufacturer representative who's going, yeah, this actually is something we really should be looking at because we may need to just rethink the way we do shipping. You know, instead of why are we waiting? Well, what we are, we know why we're waiting months or waiting to have a product delivered from overseas is because we're trying to cut on costs of having stuff done uh, offshore. But as this pandemic has shown, now all of a sudden the supply chain has been essentially crippled. And now we can't get the products that uh, we're waiting on because it was in the saving cost. So what that might turn into, though, is if you're going to be nearshoring, having more stuff done at home or close to home in North America, is costs are probably going to go up. And that's something 
that uh, Bill Hamby again mentioned, if suppliers haven't already raised their prices, they're anticipating that they're going to raise their prices. And that will be a challenge. And to speak to the inflation point you raised earlier, that is going to raise the cost of products. And is that something this industry is prepared to do? They might have to do it, whether they're prepared or not, to be honest. Yeah, and no possible solution to that, as noted off of uh, Tony or Vast. He was saying that this kind of presents an opportunity to digitize the supply chain. So move more into e-commerce, have fewer brick and mortars, have more warehouses as opposed to a traditional store. Automate what you can. Focus your manpower on what you cannot automate. That way, I mean, it's just driving efficiencies. We saw a huge amount of efficiencies kind of spring up, you know, in the first bit of the pandemic. But I don't think we're done yet. We're, We're probably just on the fulcrum and that tipping point is really, really close by. So we might see, you know, a huge influx of automation of technology investments into these tech stacks that make, you know, a traditional job or a traditional automotive supply business kind of turn on its head. Oh, absolutely. I think digitization is probably one of the biggest challenges, sorry, opportunities actually for this industry going forward. You know, and, and JC Washbush from the Alliance, he raised uh, the point as well. Your digital presence is the it factor when it comes to supporting your business. People are doing more from home. They're working from home and they're shopping more from home. So is your digital presence able to keep up with that demand? Can you process transactions on your website? Yeah, there's something maybe you don't, you can't be delivered, but is there a buy online pickup in store option? Is there a way for you to engage with that audience to come to you, the expert, the jobber, instead of going to the Amazons of the world where, you know, they're going to say, yeah, I think this is the right fluid that I need. Let me get it. And maybe it's not. That's where the job expertise really comes in and streamlining those digital processes so that these transactions can be done digitally and reduces the need for more human touches. And on the flip side as well, you know, that may also help with the labor challenges that we're seeing. It's hard to find people to work. If you can't find people to work, who are going to be doing these transaction processes? And if you can automate that, well, you know, that's your people you need and you can reinvest elsewhere, you know, get people into the advice end or wherever, you know, you can maximize the people that you have. Yeah, 100%. And one last thing I want to touch on is kind of in two parts. So Zara over at APD mentioned something very interesting, which was the price of used vehicles is skyrocketing because new vehicles aren't really coming in at the rate that they should be. So he mentioned, you know, people are a lot more likely to spend 2,500 bucks on a repair if your car is now worth 7,500 as opposed to if your car was worth only 3,500 to begin with. Now, with that being said, I think that a lot of consumers are looking to the aftermarket. They're looking to us now. And I think this is an amazing opportunity for us, not only financially, but also to get that consumer's trust and reputation you know, that an OE might have back into our stock. Absolutely. That's a really good point that Zara raised is people now are going to be saying, oh yeah, I think I'm, I can better afford repairing my car instead of buying a new one. And that's an effect really kind of where the supply chain has been good to the aftermarket, where it's created constraints for the new car market. People are turning to used vehicles. 
And that is a boon for this industry. Like you know, people are going to be buying older cars, I mean, more older cars on, on our roads, which means they're becoming the aftermarket to spend money to keep those cars running. And yeah, it's really interesting. You mentioned the, the trust aspect. You know, Neil Black from Motorcade, he, he mentions that this is really an opportunity to enhance those levels of trust because the industry can really improve on its communication. And that's all through the chain. It's not just jobber to customer or jobber to spot. It's everybody one to the next because everybody likes to be kept in the loop. Everybody wants to know what's going on. And even if you're giving bad news, I think people generally appreciate the fact that you're keeping them up to date. Yeah, sorry, this part's not going to be available tomorrow or next week, whenever it was promised, but we're working on getting you know a you the week after, something like that. It's just, even if it's bad news, it's good to keep people in the loop. And that works all the way down because if the customer's looking for something and you don't have it, you can explain to them why they don't have it. But it's also bringing in more people to our industry. The pandemic has brought more aftermarket customers in. So they may not be well-versed in how this industry works. They probably aren't very well-versed. So this is an opportunity to communicate more, develop higher levels of trust. And then now maybe you've got a customer who maybe wouldn't enter the aftermarket until year five of vehicle ownership. Now they're renting entering in year three. It's just a longer relationship that you can build with them. And who knows what other aftermarket products they may need. We've seen in this pandemic, recreational vehicle sales have skyrocketed. I think they're at record highs uh, than even when the highs were hit a few years ago. And if they're buying more recreational vehicles or they're using their old uh, recreational vehicles more, whether it's boats, an RV, whatever it may be, if they're using it more, that requires more service. Or maybe they're taking better care of those vehicles now. And they're coming now more into the aftermarket. So it is a lot about building that trust, building that relationship. And now you've got a bigger customer base. And that's a really great opportunity for this industry going forward. Yeah, all very good points. So Adam, thanks so much for joining us. We're going to ask you, the reader, the listener, have your say, shoot Adam an email, tell us what you think, and we'll have you featured on the next issue of Jobber News. Did you like our new enhanced media portion? Drop us a line in the comments.